This is a HeadGum Podcast. Yay, another episode of Enemies. I'm Lisa Traeger coming to you from Chicago, um, a comedy condo. I'm here performing, living my fantasy in my hometown. I've been having so much fun. I truly can't even believe it. And tomorrow I'll be eating my mom's food and seeing my family and hugging a dog. And I cannot wait. Um, I, yeah, I think hugging a dog is actually more positive. Um, I'm really excited for this week's episode. It is Mr. Chicago himself, one of my besties. Um, we've been friends since 09. A real fixture in my life and um, a great father, a great comic, um, a good husband. I can't say great. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's um, it's fantastic to know people for so long and see the growth and change and be able to like change and grow next to each other. Um, he's knock on wood, full head of hair, looking great. JFK vibes. Um, oh, and I'm proud of him and I'm just so excited. Um, I'm umming too much. I got to take a nap. You know what I mean? But I do. I'm, I'm just excited. It's Joe Kilgallen. Super funny. I recently watched him record a new comedy special in New York like a month ago, and it was so fucking good. And I can't wait for it to come out and everyone to see it. He's so great. I used to always message him when I would get lost in the city. This was before, you know, smartphones and maps. And but he always knew where to go. And so that's how our friendship kind of started through the open mic scene and com doing comedy in Chicago was when I didn't know where I was going, I would call him and then he would give me directions so I wouldn't get lost. He also, oh, we should have talked about, we don't, we don't talk about this in the pod, but he used to host trivia and at this bar that I fucking loved and I would go to trivia every fucking Monday. I mean, that's not what um, I'm sure he wants to be known for hosting trivia at Geo's bar, but I really had. We've had some great memories. I remember one of my first times really bombing at an open mic, looking up into the audience and seeing his face in horror. Like, what is she talking about? Um, so, yeah, it's just a good life. And seeing his kids now is so fantastic. And I like eating like a child with him. So I hope you enjoy. And basically, the reason I wanted Kilgallen on is because he has been known for most of my time knowing him as a fighter. Like, he will fight. He will punch. He will protect. He will defend. He will trip. And he will throw you to the fucking ground. Um, he was known as being, like, an aggressive kind of guy. But always loving. I was never, like, worried to be around him or anything. But... He was um, lost his temper and was kind of known as this angry dude, but not to me, but he was aggressive. I don't know. Like angry is not the right word, but the reason I wanted him on is for his knowledge in physical fights, bar fights, drunk fights. I hope you really love this episode with Joe Kilgallen. <laughs> Joe Kilgallen, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Lisa. A true so lifesaver, you. <laughs> you too, <laughs> in your cute little studio. Um, you have kids, you have a wife. I do. You have a home. <laughs> Where are the kids right now? Um, Matthew, my five-year-old, is upstairs watching some Disney show or another with my wife, while Dylan, the three-year-old, is hopefully napping. But he's fighting naps now. He's at the age where he's three, and he's like, I don't know if I keep up with this nap shit. 
I just don't get it. But I guess I, I fight to fall asleep every night. I push it all the way to the limit. I'll put a show on. I'll do whatever. I don't want to. I never want to go to bed. That's part of your whole thing. You're always the next day. Your Instagram stories, I love because you'll <laughs> be like, oh, guys, you'll leave off too. You'll have an Instagram story at like three in the morning. And then the next one is at 3 p.m. And you let leave off like because we're, you know, we're listening. We're like, what, what happened, Lisa? Did you order that food you thought about ordering? Did you go meet up with someone for weed? What did you do? Seven hours later, you get right back into it. So, guys, here's what I did. I stayed up researching Wikipedia, Real Housewives of something. And that went down this wormhole or whatever. So, yeah, you're definitely you're not a napper. Get out of here with that. I like to nap. I think I like sometimes, well, cause I've had issues lately. You'll appreciate this. I do call a friend so I don't flip out on people, but my um, patience for this is very low. But when I'm traveling so much and going date to date and I show up, this has happened now twice in, in a month and my name is not at the hotel. I will slit someone's throat because in my head, I'm like, okay, I'll take the six a.m. flight. I'll get in at this time. I'll get there by this. I'll get to nap for two and a half and then I could do this. And when that does not work, I really lose it. And that's the unprofessionalism for me too. But when my name is not at the hotel and I can't sleep like I wanted to, I'm, I get pissed. Is your first thought who fucked up? Because well, it's got to be the person making up. the reservation. Yeah. So, and to me, it's like, do you do this every week? What the fuck is going on? And then there's like excuses and then I act crazy, but it's like, well, the last one was the people I did Finland production with. And so they were like, oh, it's under the producer's name. I go, this is America, bitch. Like, you don't <laughs> just go, oh, my friend has a room. Give me a key. I'm like, it needs to be under our legal fucking name. But... The other two girls, I warned everyone. I go, this is what happened to me. And I was so pissed. I ended up grabbing food and I go, put this on their card. And the hotel clerk went, we'll just cover it. We could tell you're very upset. We'll just, we'll cover the snacks. And I was like, good, you should. See, but I, I like that. That's using your powers for good. You got, you got to let people know and you got a free meal out of the deal. But guess what? The girls also had problems and they had to put their own cards. Down. Like I warned everyone, told everyone about the mistakes, still not fixed. And then the other one, it's like a club date. And it's like, so you're a comedy club. You book rooms every weekend, every weekend. So what just happened here? Yeah, I, you know, it's minimal, but when it's sleep involved and everything is so scheduled, like every little thing is like, what the fuck? No, I don't think that is minimal because like you said, sleep's involved. When it's your accommodations, like that's your, that's where you're going to be living essentially for the next four or five days or however long. I get pretty, I get pretty fucking pissed off. It's happened to me a couple of times. One time I got booked to feature for, oh, this pisses me off. I got, I'm still mad about it. It was 10 years ago. I got booked to feature for Carlos Mencia. Um, this was already when he was on his way down, of course. And I get to the hotel because I've worked with this club before. So I know where the hotel was. I go to check in. They say, um, the feature already checked in. And they, they kind of said it like dickish, like I was trying to pull one over on them. And I'm like, I'm the feature. Then I'm trying to call the club owner. No answer for him for like an hour and a half. I'm just waiting in this lobby. He finally gets back to me. Carlos brought his own feature, didn't tell me, blah, blah, blah. Then they sent me to a hotel way on the other side of town near jack shit. Because that's another thing. You want to be walking distance of at least, give me a fucking 7-Eleven. Give me something. Um, so, yeah, I, that is not minimal at all. I really think that's, you have the right to be pissed off in that situation. Yeah, they just don't get, it's like the little thing. I'm in a comedy condo right now, and it's just like, 
just get us curtains. You know, wh <laughs> why, why is the sun peeking through? Like, why isn't there a curtain? Why is it the cheapest pill? Like, would you want to be here? It's just like, I don't get why we're treated like such shit when we're truly bending over backwards, flying, like doing everything we can and then putting on good shows and like, I can't get a curtain. I, I, and I, I told them, I told them, I go, you guys got to get a blackout curtain. Like, you know, people are traveling here from far and wide. Like, and they go, oh yeah, good idea. Cause this is my thing. People like, uh, like comics or whatever, we're scared to complain because we want the gig. Like if we ruffle feathers, we might not get the gig, but I complained to the execs at Netflix one time about their lack of thoughtfulness in terms of hair and makeup for women. Um, on production or whatever and the woman was like thank you so much like no one tells us anything so how can we fix it because we're all scared of these people that are in charge but if you don't tell them how are they going to know that it sucks and then we all just keep living shitty lives over and over there was one comedy club where I was like why isn't there a table why isn't there a lamp on the bedside table I go have to get up to turn off the light, put a fucking lamp on the bedside table. And I, I seem crazy, but it's like, what, what are no, we doing not. here? It's, it's 12 bucks for a lamp at a target, you know, come on. It's why do you think that is though? Why do you think we're so afraid of losing the gig? Is it just our own insecurities? Sometimes I think part of standups, why we roll over so easily is cause we're like, fuck, I, don't, I can't even believe I get to do this. So I don't even want to fuck it up ever, you know? Yes. No, I get it, but I don't know what it is inside of me, but I'm just like, well, cause people sometimes are like, wow, I love how bold you are. And I'm like, but there are consequences. Like this doesn't all end up great. Like who knows if they're mad, but to me, it's like, it's unacceptable. Why are you buying the cheapest pillow? Why are you buying a $10 pillow? Like you're making thousands of dollars a night on show. I just don't understand why you'd buy the cheapest pillow. Why are the towels not new? Like, why are they like, I just don't understand why they treat us like this, but maybe it's because men are making this, these decisions. Like, I don't understand. I'm not sure. It could be I went a to a comedy thing. condo a few weeks ago, opened the sheets, stained sheets. I'll send you a photo. I had to change the sheets when I got there. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't know. I I'm I feel like someone that just complains about f flights because I'm always on flights. Like my life is so limited right now. But like, these things are really getting to me. No, and by the way, I'm good on the photo. I don't need to see it. I believe you. Um, <laughs> that shit's disgusting. Hey, <laughs> I, I I feel you though on that. That's all. It's the little things that feel disrespectful, and it's like, okay, come on. We're, we're, it's so easy for us too. It's just us and a microphone. We don't have huge writers. I don't, you don't need seven people with you. You don't have a fucking entourage, right? There's no big production. There's no cues, right? It's not like the sound guys to hit this at that. It's couldn't be simpler. No, but our pot, uh, That's Messed Up, has a lot of cues in tech. Oh, okay. And you know what? We send tech writers ahead of time. We make phone calls. We show up. These motherfuckers still don't have the cords. They, we still have to put up tables. It's like... It's really, I, I just can't wait to have an assistant. I can't wait to not have to like deal with this shit and be like a psychopath. Cause I also like this weekend I sold out five shows. Yeah. Get me a hotel. Be grateful. Why am I think? in the condo? Like, why am I in this condo where the full sun is shining onto me? Like I just. You know, it's funny. My wife asked, is she staying with her parents or is she staying by the club? And I'm like, that's a good question. I don't know. She might be by the club. I could see you being by the club. I gotta be by the club. My, I'm seeing my parents tomorrow for a nice lunch. That's good. They like that I'm busy. You know, they miss me, but they're like excited that I'm busy. Parents are like so that. So it's sweet, you know, but I can't wait to eat my mom's food. I can't wait.
What's your favorite meal she cooks? Anything. At this point, anything. It's been the longest I think I haven't seen them, and I just want. I'm gonna, yeah, I want the brec. I want it. I want it all. But classic, like what? Meats, potatoes, rice, <laughs> dough, <laughs> breakfast, little pancakes. I don't know. Yeah, you know when people knock white people food, I feel like meat and potatoes. We we got that right. That's pretty good. <laughs> I know. But I think the other cultures love a seasoning. They do. They do. I, I was talking about that with some friends of mine, um, and I think the one thing white people did do right, we got pastries correct. You know, you know, I'm a Cinnabon fan, and I just think with pastries and the sugary stuff, that's where we kind of did well. And they were all agreeing. They're like, yeah, fuck yeah. I don't want, I want a big fat white baker. That's what my black and Hispanic friends were saying when we were at the Greener at the yes. Laugh Factory. But we don't, we don't spice well. We don't spice well, but you're right. Desserts, I hate, I don't, this might be faux pas. I hate ethnic desserts. Like, you, you know what I mean? I even Russian desserts, like Americans really do the desserts. Like I, I don't want, if I'm eating Chinese or I don't want a mochi. I don't want a green tea mochi. I don't want it. I want like a piece of cake. Yeah. I don't want I a little jelly rush. thing. Well, listen, this is what I really wanted to talk to you about. You did flip a table at your wedding. <laughs> um, I was wondering. The DJ like, was your enemy. He was my enemy big time. And I'd like to, for you to just take the floor. Oh, that reminds me. I ran into his wife. No. <laughs> at, so I opened for Esther Pavitsky at uh, Talia Hall in Chicago. And little Esther, she's great. And in the green room after the show, you know, she had some you know, friends and family. And this woman came up to me going, oh, you're great. I'm like, oh, thank you very much. She's like, I actually know you. My husband DJ your wedding. And right away, my brain was like, oh, shit. Does she like me? Does, you know... She seemed very nice. Nothing was brought up by that. But at the wedding, uh, he was recommended. He'd done a couple weddings. So I'd seen him before. And I'm like, oh, he's good. But he, he sucked. He had, I guess, even wedding DJs could have bad weeks. But I'm still kind of pissed about it. I had a do not playlist, Lisa. And you know how I am. I'm very particular. I knew I had a couple songs I did not want to hear at all because I just hate them. And knowing my friends they would tell the DJ to play them on purpose just to get me riled up. People like it when I lose my shit. And to an extent, right? There's always that line where it's like, he just looked at table at his wedding. This probably isn't good. And he had played, this was like the third song. And it was Moves Like Jagger by Adam Levine, which I was right about that piece of shit, huh? And called it way back in 2013. I just hated that song. I do, because to me, he's the classic type where it's, you could tell this was a dork a music band geek dork and then became a rock star and is going to pretend like he's hot. Like, like none of his behavior is shocking to me. I hate when a loser becomes hot and cool and then acts like the douche hot loser, you know, because sometimes when someone's fat and then they become hot and thin, they still have like a fat boy inside and they're still sweet. But these dorks, they can't. Once these dorks get the pussy, they always thought they deserved. They're monsters forever. And I could just tell Fuck. that with Adam Levine. I'm like, you were a dork, and now you're pretending you, like, chest tattoos are going to take that away from you. But you will always be a dork. And we saw it with the sexts. You know, yeah. he has no game. He's a dork. No game. And this what do you happened say, once. Fuck or something? I don't know. But this happened another time where this, like, uh, like I don't care if I'm saying this. It's not nice to talk about people's looks, but a very ugly man. Okay. A dork. A real big dork. And we were taping some, and I saw him. I bumped into him, and he had, like, a hot, hot girl with him. So when I saw him again later, we were filming something, and I said, oh, my God, that girl was beautiful. And he goes, don't talk about that. We'll edit that out. Like, he was pissed I brought up this girl. 
And afterwards he goes, sorry, I, I have a girlfriend. I just met this girl here. So we can't really talk about that. And it's like, you've had a girlfriend for years, date your ugly, poor ass. And now you have one hit thing. And now you're like cheating on her in Canada with hot bitches. And that's like the type it's like, I know another guy dork, right? Had a girlfriend for years. The moment he hit dumped her ass. It's like, and I could tell, I, I see it from a mile away. Like I could tell if someone's not cool for real. <laughs> you are blowing my mind a little bit because I see it now there. We could probably make a list. That'd be a fun thing to make a list of, of dorks who think they're hot now, or maybe they actually did become a hot, but still keep that dork shitty energy or they feel like they're owed or whatever. Cause that's a good example because I, we do know people who have become hot, but they still have that like, Oh, I used to be ugly, but they maintain a coolness. You know what I mean? Um, that's a good fuck. I would love to make a list of that because I'm sure Adam Levine's probably the captain of that list. I didn't like him back when he was the lead singer of Maroon 5 when they first kind of broke. Wait, so we went on an Adam. So he played Moves Like Jagger. Which was, I think, the first song or two, which I can't remember which ones. One was a song you liked and a lot of people liked, but I, I just thought it was overplayed. It was um, uh, Starships by Zanicki Minaj. Yep. I, I liked the chorus, the rapping part. I remember being like, she's a fucking overrated rapper. That's what I felt. And then I've actually liked more of her songs since then because I've started to give her a chance. But when people get overhyped, I'm just like, ah, sit down. So when moves like Jagger got played, I remember being by like where the photo booth was. It wasn't, I have to tell people this a lot because, no, by the way, I think word spread like wildfire through the comedy scene in all three major cities, New York, LA, and Chicago, because, and I want to feel like, I feel like you might've helped spread it, which I'm not mad at you for, <laughs> because I was getting text messages the next morning going, you flipped a table, you psychopath. Like, and I'm just like, how the fuck did you find that out? That, that was eight hours ago. You know, it was like getting text messages at nine in the morning from LA, which is 7am their time. And, uh, and it was Ryan Dalton hit me up and friends of ours in New York. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, so that's, I have to be clear. Cause a lot of people think, it was like a big round table that people had eaten dinner at. And I did it in the middle of the dance floor or something like that. We were off to the side, but by the front entrance, a good amount of people saw it. But not, and, and the people who knew me were just like, ah, Joe, you know, and they just kept dancing. And then a few people, mostly on my wife's side of the family, who didn't know me as well, came over and were like, are you, what's going on? Is everything okay over here? It's fine. And I'm just like, yeah, he played the wrong song. <laughs> to say to someone, they look at you like, what happened? After you flip a table and your response is, he played a song he should not have played is uh pretty much welcome to the family yeah but i also he fucked up you're forgetting that your wife and all the cousins were doing irish dances and it was only he only had like a 30 second clip that he had to keep replaying the song like he he didn't play he didn't have the irish music for the irish dancing that i'm sure he had advanced notice about Yes. Thank you for bringing that up too, Lisa. That in particular pissed me off because we sent him a specific song because my wife is a world-class Irish dancer or was, maybe she still can. I don't know. It's been a while, but, uh, and she had a lot of friends who were on the Irish dance team with her and cousins of hers too. So we had a specific song that were like, this is a great song. It, uh, people who don't know how to Irish dance could at least clap along. And I sent him the, the list. Like I said, the must playlist, the do not playlist. This guy didn't answer tech, not text, emails all week long leading up to the wedding, all week long. Then finally, like the day before the wedding or even the evening before, he gets back to me saying, oh, sorry, I was on vacation, but I got everything. Looking forward to tomorrow. And I thought, great, cool. He clearly didn't get everything because he, he didn't play the right song. The song he played, I don't even know what the hell he got it was, got it from. 
and he did songs in the Do Not Playlist. And I remember thinking to myself, where was this guy? And it turns out he was on vacation that whole week. I got married at the end of July. If you're a wedding DJ and that's your profession, that's his 100% job. He co-owns the business with his wife. You don't go on vacation in July. Your vacation is like fucking January, okay? You have a season. Respect your season. I don't give a shit that you came back on the weekend. I couldn't get a hold of you all week. And because of that, you fucked up your job. And because of that, the envelope I had with a lot of extra money for you, I decided to give to the bartender because he was cool enough to serve shots, even though he wasn't supposed to. So, well, I loved that. Well, because this is, I forgot who taught, I think maybe it was Maddie Ryan, but someone taught me you, you drop in a 20 at the top of the wedding and you go, This is for the night. My dad does that too, or did that. Yeah. And, um, I think that's, that's the first wedding I did that at. And so then they're nicer. They give you shots, but maybe Maddie told everybody. And so we were all just giving him twenties to keep getting shots throughout dinner. That's an Irish Catholic thing right there. (laughs) Maddie probably got that passed down because I've heard that from a few sources. It's a smart move. And also here's what I did though. I, my cousins were asking, Hey, he says he can't do shots. And I'm like, you can't do shots? He's like, no, they don't really want us to. And I go, what if we order whiskey neat? And he goes, I could do that. I'm like, there you go. Order whiskey neat and just chug it. He's not going to yell at you for chugging. And he goes, yeah, I don't give a One shit how you drink it. My other favorite memories at your wedding, um, our friend Marty told us that us and the, like, the girls, we would have like full glasses of liquor and that, you know, probably vodka sodas. But then we would dance on the dance floor. And he said they would just slosh and fully spill the whole time we were dancing. And then we would look and be like, oh, it's empty. And then we would just repeat the pattern and just like never actually drink the drink. <laughs> it was just like all over. Um, so I love I that. You know, cr- another controversy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I but there's another say, controversy at your wedding. I want to hear this. But I was going to say, I came across some of my old wedding photos maybe a couple months ago. You look great. You wore like a turquoise or light blue yeah. dress. What's that yeah. a good color on you? You got to rock that more often, that color. I know. This is the biggest lesson in life. And I wish I could constantly tell young people this. Like, you will only get fatter. Like, you have to just be a slut. Like, you have to just, the quicker you're into your life and you know you're only going to keep looking worse, is that's the best lesson you can look, get in life. Yeah, enjoy your hot I look years. at those photos. I was like so upset. I was like, oh, I have to wear this. Like I was like so distraught. And then I look at those photos and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, why wasn't I just enjoying my life? You still but... look good. You got a great smile. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, I mean, well, look, we're good friends. I can't be like pumping your tires being all like, you look hot. If I were a single yeah. girl, you don't know what I would do. You know, what am I going to say? <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing like no. the married father of two compliment where it's like, Got a lovely smile. Any man yeah. would be lucky. A woman but even my tits, they're starting to say, it's just, it's really, wait, so th- this leads me into the controversy at your wedding. So there was one bald man that, um, not fully bald, but like, you know, side of the hair. He had, and then he had a few frizzies up top. Always wears a hat. But to your wedding, he came with his ugly, weird, bald situation. Our other person who I hate in a little vest came in a hat and the other bald guy who put it all out there was pissed that the other one wore a hat to cover his baldness. Oh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. Um, I don't so say their names because they're never going to listen to this. Um, no. So Tony was pissed that Stanley was wearing um, a hat. Yeah, because that was Tony Tony's looked hat. really funny. <laughs> yeah. I remember poor Tony. I remember James Fritz pulled his hat off at like an open mic or maybe a show and no one had known Tony was bald because he'd always worn the hat. And then James put it back on his head and looked at me going, I didn't know. 
he like kind of whispered like i didn't know he was bald. like he goes if i knew he was bald like that I never would have yanked his hat off as a joke and i'm like yeah, it's you know that hat for a bald guy is a real security blanket uh yeah i would be i'd be a little bit mad about that there was a couple fashion choices at my wedding another person at the wedding who i'm pretty sure you don't love uh wore kind of it was a man who kind of wore white you know, people could argue it was like an off-white, uh, a soft white, oh, but you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh, no. He wore a full white suit. It was psychotic. And I think yeah. I told, I think I called him out at the wedding. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you fucking doing? He, oh, my God. Well, I just went to a wedding, Tom Sakar's wedding, and our friend David Drake showed up with, like, a backpack, sneakers, jeans, and we're like, oh, where'd you come from? And he was like, home. And it was like, you didn't just come straight from a moving job? Like, why? Like, we're at a wedding. That's surprising. David knows better. Come on, David. We're, did Alex <laughs> let him out like that? Well, Alex was at a different wedding that day. And so she wasn't with him to tell mm-hmm. him, like, you can't wear jeans to a wedding? Like, no. And even I the sneakers know. thing, they have to be brand new, spotless, and go with your suit. Are you a fan of the sneakers with a suit look? It's, I'm seeing it more and more. I am. This is my thing because um, I don't want to be sex. I'm into comfort. Like right now, um, my niece, I saw like last year, all the girls going to homecoming or prom or something, and they're all wearing short dresses and sneakers. Oh, JB's kid. That's that too. She posted her daughter. Oh, cool. And they were all wearing sneakers. And I was like, I love it. I love that these girls are comfortable. They can dance. They're not in pain. They, they don't feel like they need to wear a heel if they want to. Great. But like, I love comfort, and I went to a wedding with, like, a black velvet dress, but I wore nice Nike, like, you know, nice Nikes, but it was, like, I, I do like it. I do, um, I do like a sneaker. I, I like it more with a short dress, but with a uh, suit, yeah, I'm into comfort. I think people should be comfortable. As long as it looks nice is my thing, you know? If, you, yeah. if you're comfortable, you know, I'd be comfortable in, in loafers, but I'm not going to wear, like, you know, fuzzy, you know, loafers or whatever no, you call them. No, point taken. <laughs> point so, yeah, taken it has for to, sure. You know, you got to, because think about how much the bride and the groomsmen and the bridesmaids and how much everyone's putting into their look. If you look out and see someone I do jeans, need to say, I the, the Nikes I wore, I had, but my dress was like a $350 dress and I paid to get my hair and makeup done. So I came in other ways. I think you did great. I think you came in other ways. Sorry, I'm a child. I laugh when people accidentally get sexual. <laughs> I hope you. I hope you. After the wedding, you came in different ways too, right? No, did actually, the next day I had one of the worst dates of my life. You know, I didn't have a date. It's actually so annoying when people ask me because it's like you know I talk about everything at all times. Like if I was dating, you would know. Well, so you could have taken like me. a friend. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know. Oh, for sure, for sure. But a lot of people don't give plus ones for you to bring up a friend. That's fair. um, That's fair. You're right. Which I don't believe in either. I actually, so I had an etiquette expert on um, from, what is it? What's the number? Emily Post. And it's Emily Post's like great granddaughter. And we talked etiquette and my whole thing is like, I can't bring people. Well, what if I don't like someone's husband? If I get married, can I not invite their husband? And she said that's not an etiquette thing. Like, you can't do that, but I don't care. I, there are some people I don't want at any of my events. And, I'll, and if their wives don't want to go alone, they don't have to come. I kind of like that, though. I mean, I like that. You, that's what I love about you, Lisa, is you have no problem being like, hmm, fuck it. It's my day. You know what I mean? Which I agree with, though. If it's your wedding day and something you've looked forward to forever, you shouldn't have to sacrifice that because of stupid ass tradition or something like that 
you know, um, let the husband, you don't like stay home with the kids or, or if they have kids or whatever, you know what I mean? I'm into yeah. that. Yeah. Because, well, cause I got mad. Cause like people invite only, for, I don't know. Or like, I just read into my, the asshole and like their wedding rule was only engaged in married couples, but the sisters had a boyfriend for 10 years and they wouldn't invite him. That's shitty. And it's, Why? it's, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Like, or if I bring a, a, my best friend of a decade and someone brought their husband of two years that they've known for three years, like, I don't get, I don't get the deciding of all of it. Like, I, it's just, it's weird to me. I don't like it. It's that part of weddings is stressful. You know, there was some stuff where I remember my Nicole being like, and you got to give your mom a few friends to invite. And I'm like, why? I didn't know. Like I had to. Your, your parents. Oh, remember, Nicole's the best. Nicole being like, does your dad have any friends he wants to invite? I'm like, no, <laughs> I already know how my dad is. He'd be like, why the hell are you inviting them? Um, so that was, just, you know, he was very uh, type of guy that would be like, whatever makes it easier for you guys. I don't give a shit. I just want it to be, my dad would always say, go to the, here's what you do. Go to Vegas, Elvis Presley chapel. I'll pay for the flight. Like that. He was always just make it as less inconvenient as possible that's why for my wedding the church wasn't that far from where the reception was and i did that with my dad in mind i remember telling him I'm like ample parking dad this church is a big parking lot the reception hall is a big parking lot like just big on that kind of stuff you know convenience yes huge guy on convenience but a lot of well this is a perspective i never had so busy phillips was talking somewhere i don't know where i don't know but she said how like when she was getting married she told her parents like this is my wedding none of your i don't give a shit this is my wedding my day and then when she now has kid, um like her friends started having kids in her mind she goes if these kids don't invite me to their weddings, I'm going to be heartbroken. So suddenly her perspective shifted where it's like, oh, I've seen you grow up. Like I've known you since you were born and you're not going to invite me to your wedding. So I see that. Like when I look at the Joyce's kids and certain kids, I'm like, if I'm not at these girls' weddings, I'm going to be pissed. So like she just got a different perspective. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's, that's the thing about life though. you grow and you change and all that kind of shit. I could see yeah. that though, where, but if you're around a kid's life their whole life, wouldn't they view you almost as family and then you're going to get the invite? I'd I hope, yeah. At that point. Yeah, I also understand like some parents like want to show, I don't know what it is. Weddings bring out the most insane parts of people, I would say. Um, I was at a fun one a couple weeks ago. Oh, who was it? It was an Indian wedding, Sean White and Suba. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. They, you know what? cracked a lot of us up you know a lot of comedians were all sitting next to each other you know i had never been to an indian indian wedding before and they're very beautiful and they have like this tradition unlike any other where they do a bunch of stuff like at the altar i guess you'd call it an altar i'm not sure and their priest i guess i don't know what they would call the guy doing the ceremony and so forgive me everyone listening i'm real ignorant on a lot of this stuff he they were like cracking jokes. Both of them were. Both of them were making faces out at all of us and being real funny and silly. And I remember thinking to myself, he's going to yell at you too. This guy is going to be like, this is serious. I thought he was going to snap some fingers and tell them both to pay attention. Because um, I was worried like Sean being non-Indian would be like a little goofball up there. And then having the Indian family be like, this is who, this is what you're marrying outside of your culture for this guy. That's what I was like imagining. But then I'm looking over at them and they're laughing and not taking it seriously either. So even though they had like a religious ceremony, it was very secular in how they treated it. So I kind of dug that. I thought your that was wedding, fun. I had to go down on my knees. Yeah. On a little bench. We did a little knee bench. I've gone to church 
five times since that day, I feel like. <laughs> three, yeah. three funerals and um, two other weddings. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's just... <laughs> So much of that stuff is just pleasing your family. You know, that's the tradition they came up in and all that. And then. Um, yeah. No, and I think people should be able to do whatever they want. Like if you don't want me it, single people to bring plus ones or whatever, that's totally fine. And one person online, like I'm in all the, you know, I'm online a lot, was just saying like, this is a celebration of romantic love. So if, like, it doesn't matter if you want to bring a good friend. We're celebrating that. It's just like, but in terms of just like single people, I think people say insane shit constantly and treat you kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I've talked about this on this pod and with my friend, but she invited me to the ki her kid's party and said I'm the only person invited without a kid. And I was just like, but you have friends like I don't understand why there's a divide and how like you're inviting acquaintances and work people with kids over your friends who love the, you and this kid it just doesn't make sense to me but people have these qualifications in their head and it's like if you're not engaged you can't bring him to the wedding and it's like okay we've been dating for four years i d what are what are these things but i guess it's your wedding you get to do whatever the fuck you want and i believe in that and that's why at my wedding every husband i don't like is not going to be invited <laughs> what I, I which i love by the way again i don't understand though some of these people, they act as once they have a big event come up in their lives, all of a sudden they show a side of themselves where it's like, oh, I didn't realize you were kind of shitty. Because I've, I've heard so many stories from people about they made such a big deal about this specific thing. And I'm like, really? Why do they give a fuck? I've never thought they'd be the type of person to give a fuck. Like, I don't, who, who get, I don't, I just, I'm, I still hang out with a ton of my single friends. I do. So that's why I feel like I haven't. I can't relate to when I hear about these men. Yeah, you're I'm, the other. You're I the guess other. so. I'm, In I'm LA, the I'm the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the oddball here. Because I'll have like I'll be hanging out with friends, and they'll be like, "Hey, we're going to this bar," and I'm like, "Nah, I'm going home." And I don't make a big deal. I don't be like, "We should all go home." I just go, oh, "I'll catch you guys next time." And then they all have that moment where they're like, "Oh, that's right, you're married with kids." I'm surprised you're still out at this time. Anytime, anyway. And I'm, well, it's it's midnight. It's not that late, you know. So I'm this the different one about single stuff but someone that we both know we I, I saw them on wednesday at cysk in new york and we're sitting there and she goes you know if you had a skincare routine who knows what you could look like people say crazy shit to me all the time and it's someone we both know shit damn it i want to find out later don't bleep it so don't bleep bad. it rochelle's right here um it's oh is she just kind of like socially awkward with stuff like that or did she just say blunt things I don't know. I don't that is know. That's a shitty thing to say. It's insane. The things people say to me um, are shocking at times, but maybe it's to everyone. I think people tr are trying to put me in their in my place where they think I belong, and they don't like that it doesn't work. I feel people though? try Why to the swing fuck? their big dicks at me. I don't think they love that I have it all. No, I don't know. Or, <laughs> or I way, should like. Oh my god, I'm I'm sorry. I'm still laughing about that. Oh yeah. So so hey, <laughs> listeners. Uh, even though Lisa's a very good friend of mine, I've listened to a couple episodes of her other podcast. I had I had never listened to Enemies. I, I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm just gonna grab a bottle of water, but I'm listening. Go for it. I'll explain to everyone. So I was like, I got to do my homework. I'm gonna be a guest on this podcast. I need to know, you know, the, the style of the podcast. And so I decided to pick a random episode to listen to. I'm going through, and I think it was the episode with Little Frex. And your opening, you were talking about your weekend. You did this great thing, that great thing. I saw this concert, amazing seats. I had all these great spots at the cellar. And you're like, God, my life is just amazing. You know, I do wish I had more energy and less diarrhea. And 
for some reason, it was what made me laugh so hard is because you weren't trying to be funny. You were just being truthful. You were like, I wish I had more energy and less diarrhea. And you, you didn't even realize how fucking hysterical that line is. I was walking my dog and my dog was mid shit. And I started laughing like out loud while walking my dog. And my dog didn't know if she needed to stop shitting to see if I was okay. It was just such a funny line, Lisa, you killed me that. makes me so happy. No, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like I live uh, an authentic life, but maybe I'm just a bitch, like who knows? But sometimes people want, I I feel, but I'm I'm being better and better about like remembering it's not about me Mm -hmm. and letting it roll off. But even yesterday, like I had three sold out shows, fucking had so much fun killing it. I'm like three hours of sleep, like truly pushing it to the limits. And then one of the server's cousins was there. And after the show, he goes, I go, I hope you had fun. He goes, we had a fun enough. And I went, okay. And then his friend goes, you were pretty funny. And I just, I, you know, in my head, I was just like, oh, thanks guys. But like, what are we talking about here? Those are assholes. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I feel this happens to me a lot. Like, like these kinds of little convos where I'm just like, I, I feel like you're trying to do a dig at me, but like you can do it. I don't care right now. Well, my friends, Tim and Jackie were at the show last night and I saw Tim this morning and he said, you were fantastic. And they both loved the show. And oh, I wish I talked to them. Fuck. They were front row in the corner, and they thought like, "Oh, she'll probably engage with us." But I'm actually glad I saw Tim. They're going to your with you and Kara on Monday night at Zanies. They're going to oh that too. Oh my god! And yeah. that reminded me. I remember this. You, I was talking about this with someone not that long ago. You and I were at a bachelorette party where I was the only guy at the bachelorette party. Mm, oh, we should tell, definitely talk about this. And I remember earlier in the evening talking with you and Kara specifically about like because my my second son dylan was still kind of an infant at the time and uh just talking about like life in general and i and you said something it was a funny bachelorette party because there was like multiple breastfeeding women like all these women were just pumping in between taking shots it was funny it it was yeah breastfeeding women it was like 20 women and then me and then uh I was saying about like, yeah, I've calmed down because you guys were both like, yeah, you seem very chill. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I've, I've been avoiding confrontation. I haven't really been getting into fights or anything. It's been a while. And, and, and for the listeners, not that I'm a guy who starts a lot of fights, but I do try to, you know, if I see fit to end the fights. And at one point, this asshole was because we we're like at a nightclub. So it's like VIP section, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So. You can set um, the background. We pay, well, we paid thousands of dollars to get this fucking couch. You know how nightclubs work, guys. So it's like, you know, uh, it's expensive to get a bottle girl and your own waitress and like a thing. So um, we're dancing. We're sitting on this couch and there's a guy sitting on the couch and we didn't want him there. We paid a lot of money for this couch. And so we ask our waitress, our bottle girl, gorgeous. We're like, we don't want him here. And she asks him to move and he's pretending he doesn't hear her. He's just on his phone going, what? Can't hear you. Can't hear, just can't hear you. And I'm seeing this and I'm getting pissed and I run up and I'm like, you can fuck it, you know, but he's not scared of me either. He doesn't respect women, you know? And then you had to get involved. Yeah. I went over to him. And he did the same thing to me. He's like, sorry, buddy, can't hear you. And I know he had a drink from our, like he stole a drink too. And he kept doing that, can't hear you, bro. And I'm like, dude, you're going to, you're going to do it that way. That's how it's going to happen. It's like, just try I It's so loud in here. It's so loud. He was doing real, like a uh, dork. This is a dork guy, you know? And I remember looking over at you and Kara specifically, and you both looked at me like, no, no, this is one of those times. 
you give, you, you give me like a green light. And then I was like, all right. And I remember putting my one hand on the drink that he'd stolen and my other hand, like on his collar. And I just kind of ripped him off because he was kind of sitting up high. So I had to get like some leverage and basically threw him onto the ground. And I was worried that there was going to be other people. And I was worried one of the you know women who were part of the bachelor party were going to get hit. So I did, I was talking about this with someone recently. This is kind of, you guys are gonna think I'm a little crazy. Whenever you get into a fight like that and you take someone to the ground, a lot of people think you immediately get on top for position. That way, if there's a fight back, you're in control. You don't do that at a nightclub because you don't know who's his friends are. And if I get down on the ground, then they could kick me in the head and they've got leverage on me. So what I've, I've always tried to do, I throw someone on the ground, I get really loud and intimidating and tried to like stand at my tallest and be like, I, and I, and I remember getting close to him when he was lying on the ground being like, I fucking warned you, you know? And I got real like, kind of like that, that way, if any of dudes did know him, if they did come at me, I, at least I'm standing so I could stand up with them. But by doing that, it kind of made it where they were like, yeah, he did fucking warn you. And you are the piece. It kind of puts it back on him instead of making it like a one out, you know, cause I always worry that I'm going to shove someone. And then one of his friends hits me in the side of the head with something and then that's when you go to the hospital. That's like the one fear with those kind of situations. Um, but yeah. And then earlier in that night, my job was anytime some creepy guy started dancing with one of our crew, I remember you and a few other people would give me like the head nod. And then I would kind of slide in and start dancing behind whoever it was. And the one, what was that one comedian's name? One of the comedians who was with us, she didn't really know me that well. I think it was like our first time meeting, but I remember you giving me like a head nod being like, Hey, help her out. We don't know this creepy guy who's trying to dance up on her. So I slid in between the guy and her. And then she looked back and did a double take. And she's like, Oh, Oh yeah, yeah. I know you. Okay. You're fine. You're fine. Like, cause I remember you're like, I'm not the creep. He's the creep. I'm running creep interference over here. When you said that, I felt like it was the cadence of Elaine Bennis being like, you're the doofus. I'm not the doofus. You're the doofus. Um, I'll take that as a compliment. Give us, give us more fighting tips. This is what I've really brought you. You know, we got deterred by weddings, which is kind of shocking. Um, <laughs> but and me being like, and it's fine. I'm sure I say shitty things to people, but lately I've just been kind of horrified at certain things that people say to me. Lisa, you're just too free. People don't like people who are too free. You're very, I, yeah, but you know, when it's like when someone, when people are mean to someone and they're like, well, they're just jealous and it's like, okay, well maybe you're a cunt. Like, I don't want to be that type of person. That's like, well, they're just mad. Cause I'm like f free as a bird, <laughs> you know, like maybe I, inst but I, I told you this and I've said this on this podcast so many times, but one time I was standing outside the comedy store and someone we know come like we we're chatting and he goes, isn't it funny that like, I don't even care about this place and I have a wife and kid and this is all you have. Like, Again, that's spoken from a place of pure jealousy. Why would anyone say that? If you're confident in yourself and you're comfortable with you, like I've got a friend who's not um, in the you know industry or anything like that, and he cannot, he will always drop the fact that I make $125,000 a year, didn't take one college class. Like that's his insecurity. Nobody asked him about that. You know what I mean? He can't wait to tell people that he makes six figures but didn't go to college because he's deep down insecure about his intelligence. Otherwise, why would he go out of his way to tell people that when it's not even, a, you know, nobody even gives a shit that he went to college or not. No one cares. When you become an adult, no one gives a fuck if you're a college graduate or not. I mean, unless they're dating you and they, you know, whatever. But the way he does, and it's the same with that guy. He was like, I have a wife and kid. This is all you have. It's like, okay that's clearly you want this too you know well that's why i stopped engaged now i just sit there and i go oh or someone came up to me someone famous came up to me um well i came up to we, we were there was a mutual 
And so she go comes over and I go, oh, hey, I'm Lisa. I'm a, I'm a comic. And she goes, oh, I've seen you before. And I go, oh, I think I saw you at this party at our mutuals house. And she goes, no, I've seen you perform four times and you have a lot of growing to do. And I just went, cool. <laughs> and then she was like, well, once you get there, it'll be good. And I was like, cool. And I just walked away. But it was just like, of course, we all have to grow. I would hate if I didn't have to grow. But it was just this thing of like, oh, okay, bitch. Like it is, I, I want to write down everything that people sometimes say to me where I'm just like, what, what do I, I'm alone at this party. I was also alone at this party. That's I went alone to, to this event. And it's like, I'm already feeling like, anyone I kind of know is my ally here since I'm alone at this gathering and then to like say that and it's just like all right <laughs> I but I've I've started not responding I started just going thanks cool awesome nice yeah that's almost a better approach in a sense not to let them know they get, they got to you you know yeah. um this is blowing my mind a little bit and I'm wondering is it maybe this is stuff that women get all the time and I just never see it as a guy because no one would say <gasps> shit like oh that my to me god Joe you will not believe what happened. I think I said this last week. Okay, I'm sitting with Jared Freed after a show, and a guy comes up to him and goes, to both of us, goes, oh, you guys were great. Shakes his hand, goes, you were so funny. Hugs me and kisses me on my neck twice. <laughs> and I was so stunned. I wish I was, I wish I said something. I wish I stood up for myself, but in that moment, I just kind of was shocked. And I go, did you just see that? And Jared goes, I thought that was your friend. Like, did you not know him? I go, no. And he just kissed my neck. Sorry, I laughed at first as you said that because that I just picture your face being like, what the fuck is this guy doing right now? And that made me laugh. That's insane. Was it's he insane. on something? I don't know. I told Kara and Kara was like, that's sex. She's like, a neck kiss means sex. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus. Did he, but that's did not you rude. That's well, he did weird. twice, though, you said. He kissed you in the neck twice? Yeah. Like, like, she, like Yes. That is weird. Is he foreign? Is that something they do in like no, a country? No, but I should have gotten him banned. I should in that moment I should have been like, this guy can never come back here. You can't just kiss women on the neck like that. Well, so I you know, I wanted to ask for tips in a fight, but what what was your first fight? Do you remember your first physical altercation? I remember the first one I won because I became really, really good friends with the guy afterwards. So when I was really little, I got bullied a lot by these bigger kids on the block. Um, these guys, John and Pork. Uh, yeah, that was their, their names. And they lived like six apartment buildings down from where I lived in my apartment building in Chicago. And I don't know why. They were just assholes to me and my one friend. My best friend, uh, Michael Pecco, shout out. Still talk to him. Good dude. He's a butcher. Really cool, I think. Whole Foods. And he's so he, um um, yeah, he came up with a bunch of steaks, but anyway, so they would pick on us. We were me and when I was like five, these guys were like eight and I'll never forget this. This still stings. I had a brand new winter coat and my family, we did not have a lot of money. I think my parents were just recently divorced at the time. So maybe I was like six or seven and you know, getting a new coat was, you know, it was a big deal. And I, they were like, Oh, let's see that coat. And I'm like, and they kind of took it off me and they threw it down the sewer there was a sewer lid in their backyard that they could open and they threw it down the sewer. And they did that with my Superman and Batman toy. They stole it from me and threw it down the sewer. And so I remember the first fight I won, I feel like I was eight going on nine. And I was, me and my friend Mike were the public school kids on the block. They all went to this Catholic grade school called Our Lady of Victory, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, 
which I'm kind of glad actually now. Fuck them because they raise shitty kids. And uh, so they always pick on us. And this kid, Jeff, who was about my age, he was a grade ahead of me, but we were about the same size. They were like, Jeff, you fight him. Because maybe they thought they were getting too big to fight me. I don't even know why they're trying to fight me. And this great neighbor of mine, Michael Sasso, who, side note, sadly got murdered at Southern Illinois University protecting a woman. This ex-boyfriend was trying to beat up his female friend, and he went to step in the way, and it was Easter weekend, and that's where the hospital's understaffed. He got stabbed like 19 times. Um, so I guess no one probably thought I was going to go there with the story, but it just reminded me of it. No, Great guy, real sad. so sad. So sad, right? Um, but he helped me in the fight. He kind of told me like what to do because um, he didn't know those kids really. And we started to fight, and it was, I, was, I was losing at first, and then he went to kick me, and I caught his foot. And then I kind of flipped him back, and then I was able to get on the ground. And, but then I took it too far. I grabbed the back of his head and hit his, kind of slammed it into the concrete on the okay, sidewalk. Okay, Ed Norton. Okay, my I mean, I didn't curb acts. him. It wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't say bite the curb, motherfucker, but I no, did that. No, but there was a girl one year at our high school where someone wrapped her hair around their arm and just kept slamming her face into the ground, and she was never the same. See, I don't, I don't, I've never liked watching women fight because of the long hair. You know how dudes will be like, hey, we might see a boob slip out. You know, and they get all weird and dumb about it. I go, I hate watching this because the hair pulling. Hair pulling always makes me uneasy for some reason. And there's a lot of hair pulling um, when you have long hair. I mean, two men with long hair pulling would still bother me. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's one of Wait, those things, it's the visual. So did those two boys stop bullying you after that? They started to a little bit. And then that was the start of the shift because then that kid, Jeff, his mom, tried to come over to my house and be like, what happened? You're, you like, they thought I was the bad guy because I won the fight. And then this is where I really had a great dad. Um, they tried to come at me and then my dad went over to their house and my dad was a, a big guy. So I think he scared them into being like, Oh shit, we're sorry. You know? Um, Cause then he went over to that, those kids house and stuff like that. And I remember one time they threw snowballs at our house and they didn't know my dad had taken the day off of work. Because it was over like, uh, I don't know, it was like we had a snow day or something. And my dad was like, get your coat on. And we both made snowballs, me and my dad. I was like seven. And we walked down to their house and just started throwing snowballs at their window really hard. And then the mom came out and he said, get back in the house, you dumb bimbo, and threw a snowball at her. Um, which, look, in retrospect was bad, but this was 1991. And they were bullying me. And she Bimbo's raised Bimbo's better than bitch. Bimbo's fun. Bimbo is fun. And I remember thinking that was fine of him to do. Look, I don't normally, I don't say grown men should throw snowballs at women but if you raise little psychos um but if everyone's wondering here's when i won i almost had my own goodwill hunting moment i was at a 24-hour diner in chicago it was actually hollywood grill which i know you'd been to a million times back when it was open best skillets i've ever had i love those Great skillets place. and i was probably like 21 22 and i said to a friend i go oh my god that's john i remember that dude he was he lived on my block he used to bully me with his brother and a few other kids. Holy shit. And they're like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I think I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy. You know, I was like <laughs> 21, 22. I'm like, this is great. I could, I could, I might, I might pull a really cool move and be like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll add some food to his bill or tell them. I don't know. I didn't know how I was going to approach it. So then I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to get up there and be like, Hey, remember me? Um, you still live on Cone? Remember that? And I was starting to walk towards him. And then he just got up to go to the bathroom. I was like eight inches taller than him. I'm like, this dude stopped growing when he was 10. I was like, cause I remember him being a big guy, but then again, I was six when he was 10. 
And I was just like, if I, if I fought him, it would look horrible. It would be so bad. So I remember just thinking to myself, and he was with kind of like, you know, not a very good looking person. It would be, you know, again, not about looks. We've said that before, but there's little things in life where I'm like, I've got a hot girlfriend. I am way taller than you. I win this one. <laughs> and then um, fast forward to 10 years later when I was like, no, maybe I was like 28, so seven, eight years later, I was at a bar taking a piss in the bathroom and there was a poster for a fundraiser uh, to help uh, a widow. And it was the widow of the other kid and he, he died. Um, so I guess that's pork not nice. Died. That's pork died. That's not nice. I'm sure when they became adults, they realized not to be bullies, but so two people, two people who bullied me, um, one's five, three and the other's dead. So maybe don't fuck with me is uh, the life lesson. <laughs> that. <laughs> Well, yeah, because that was your reputation. You were, you know, when I met you, I was 21. So you were, what, 23? Yeah. And yeah, you were, you know, he's going to fight someone. He's he's going to lose his wedding ring in the snow. You're always, um, you defend people a lot. And it's for justice. Were you ever starting the fights? Or do you ever look back on some of the fights and you're like, oh, I was drunk as fuck. I shouldn't have been offended by that. Like, how many fights have you been in? have some been fully your fault and then we'll talk about your transition through therapy and growing up and having kids and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's, there's been, I can't think of anywhere I went out of my way to start the fight. Uh, wait a minute. (laughs) Um, for my, I was on the road. I did the DC improv with Steve Byrne that I must, I think it was right around my birthday weekend. Great club. Right. I was around my birthday weekend and me and this comedian, Bill Crawford, we were, it was after there's so many people on the street. We were really, I was so drunk. And for whatever reason, I, someone started talking about the NFL and football and someone said the bears suck. And I go, no, you fucking suck. And we did, I did, I kind of started that one. A fight did happen. And poor Steve was wearing like a vest and his vest just got shredded. Um, yeah. cause someone like ripped for the him better. from being for the better. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like the Steve, if you're listening, I like the, the blazer or the suit jacket better than the vest, to be honest. Um, yeah, so that one, I've been, you know, the thing with the fight, so I'm glad you said most of it's just been defending. I think it's because I took a lot of shit. I think this, I've talked to other people who are bullied as kids. They either eventually avoid all confrontation or they learn to just not take shit from anyone. And I feel like I thought about, because my son's about to turn six. And I remember thinking, what was my life when I was five going on six? Oh, he'll be six in February. I was like, oh, yeah, my parents were getting divorced and I was being bullied. So, okay, yeah, he's he's doing great, you know, um, which I'm happy for, of course. And so I just kind of feel like that, that stuff in childhood really does kind of shape you along the way. I never went out of my way to really start fights, but I didn't take shit from people because I think I did take a lot of shit early on. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've been – there was a stretch where, I mean, I don't know how many fights I've been at, 30, 40? I, I don't know. Um and again, a lot of it, and my best friend growing up. do you think up, some of it is part of your reputation and it's been blown over or up? Or it's because you're like an over. Irish party boy. So it's like, ah, oh, Joe, he'll fight anyone. Like it, maybe the lore also kind of. I think that made it gravitate towards me. I think it made it so that when I was in my early 20s, people depend, people would be like, oh, I knew you would step in. Because I remember being in situations where I'm like, why the fuck did that happen? You know, everyone was having a good time. What happened? And you know, so you always have one friend in the group who's kind of a dick or, or runs his mouth off. And then they sometimes do it because they think, oh, I looked around. I knew you were going to step in. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't. So, so a lot of it was reputation. I kind of a lot of people started to view me a certain way that I didn't really like. 
because I was like, wait, yeah, I've gotten into fights, but and I have a bad temper, but I think my default setting is nice guy. I always felt like I was someone who would go out of his way for people. I remember giving a comic a ride home once and they were like, man, you're actually really cool. I'm like, who the fuck told you otherwise? And they're like, no, I just always kind of thought like, you know, on stage you're angry and people have said like, oh yeah, he has no problem fighting someone that needs to happen or whatever. And I'm like, all right. But and then I started to worry, I'm like, is this affecting my career? Are people like thinking, Oh, maybe we'll have Joe work. Uh, you never know about Joe. He might, he's a little crazy. And that, so then I started to really, that was more like in my early thirties where I started to really look back being like, Oh fuck. Cause it's not a bad image to have the image of the guy that's like, Oh, he's this tough, you know, fucking Chicago Irish kid who, you know, if stuff goes South, you want him in your corner. That's not a bad image as a, you know, you kind of, I, I cultivated it a little bit. I won't deny that. But then you get into your thirties and you start to realize, Oh, wait a minute, this might be a detriment to my career because people want to work with people who they don't have to worry about, you know, flipping a table at commissary, you know what I mean? Like, or telling someone, oh, you think that's a good joke? Well, you're a fucking idiot. Like, you, no one wants that around. So then I started to be like, oh, okay, now I have to be clear to people when I tell stories of aggression that, again, I'm justified. And that's what you and Kara even said that night at the bachelorette party. That you both were like, you were justified? You were justified. I remember you both saying it like real fast together. If I was strong enough, I would have fought him too. I tried to, uh, I tried to be aggressive towards him. I, yeah, ju I just couldn't, you, you know, because I was pissed. I was pissed. I was pissed the way that he was speaking to our waitress. Like I, it really, really bothered me. She's at work. Just, you know, you're doing something annoying. Like I, it's, you're a dick and you deserve to be fucking thrown to the ground. Yeah. And then him and his, oh, what, what? And then they pretend like they don't know why people are mad at them. I did enjoy doing that. I enjoyed yeah. that. Th those were the last two fights I've been into since I've become a dad. Since I've become a dad, I've only been into two, like, fights. I mean, that wasn't even really like a fight. And the other one wasn't so much either. A friend of ours, uh, Danny Danny Kals, I already started his name, I'll say it. Um, his now ex-girlfriend. But uh, he um, wasn't there. But his girlfriend, who I was friends with before they even started dating, this guy like got in her face and she was like, I told you a million times to leave me the fuck alone. And I was kind of like zipping up my car. I'm like, wait, who, who the fuck is this guy messing with my friend? And he said, well, fuck you then bitch. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to let you get away with that. And then I, I just kind of, the, the bad part about that is when I did start that fight, um, which I won, but I knocked him over a table and some chairs and it spilled drinks all over the place. And another comedian friend of mine, he got up to see what the hell was going on. And he slipped on the spilled drinks and tore his MCL. He'd have oh like my surgery. God. He'd have surgery on his knee and then had to have like, oh, I think well, he, he should have like minded his lawsuit. own business. Well, yeah. I mean, I think he turned around because he thought he was going to help, which I then later said to him, what would you have done? You know. So, um, but yeah, I, I do. I don't, I don't mind the reputation of like, yeah, he'll stick up for his friends. I like that. And, and maybe because people know that about me, there's been friends of mine that I've found out that aren't friends anymore, really, that I, or, you know, I haven't talked to them. I've distanced myself from them that I found out, oh, these are bad people. How come I didn't see that? And then a few people pointed out to me, oh, well, they're not going to reveal that around a guy like you, you know? And I'm like, okay. So in one sense, good, because they would know I wouldn't let that stand. And in another sense, it's like, I got to, pick and choose more carefully who I'm around or, or you know dude I just had that where um I thought someone was like a cool person and then recently in the past month all this shit has come out and yesterday I was talking with people about it and I was like 
I'm going to get murdered one day. I'm such a fool. I didn't see through this person at all. And they have caused beyond chaos. All right. I know you've Criminal. exchanged names in the chat. Where's the chat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, I'm trying to guess who it is. Yep. <laughs> You're a faster typer than me. Same name I was going to type. I was, I feel I was so aloof stupid. Like I feel I felt dumb too. And that he, it's like he took credit for shit that wasn't his. He was assaulting people, like a sexual predator, conniving, trying to get people fired, like all this stuff. And I'm like, I was like down. Like I had no idea. I'm like, I feel such an idiot. And this happens a few times where I'm like, I didn't realize they were a psycho and I don't know how to become more astute in that way. I think I'm becoming better and better. Maybe it's age experience, just like letting, you know, not also not forcing friendships super quick, having boundaries and all that. But like I did yesterday go like, I had no idea. I had no idea either. And I don't want to live my life suspicious of people, but I do think it's age with age. You get more, you just know where to spot things because it's like, oh, I've seen this story before, you know? So you're like, oh, this, I, I know a person like this person because they acted a certain way. And I wonder if this person's acting this way because they're, they're putting on a front, you know? I think a lot of these really, really creepy guys, and, and that's why, I mean, everyone's wise to this now, but, you know, for a while, I think Bill Burr was probably the, one of the first to make a joke about it, but a lot of male comedians were making jokes about it right away after a stretch of time. The guy that was like over the top male feminist, where that was like so over the top, like, oh, I, I'm embarrassed to even be a man. Men are the worst. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you, what's, what's in your closet? So many of those guys have been revealed to be the absolute worst. You told me about someone, um, and I was just like, really? Because I always thought they're a, they would be the sweetest person in that regard, you know? And it blew my mind. I'm typing it who it was. So, oh, yeah. Know. Yeah. Like I would have thought they would have been good in that regard. And you're like, nope, the worst and real shitty about it. I'm like, man, because they, and a lot of the, like the alt comedy scene, because they kind of play up that role of like, we don't like jocks. We don't like aggressive people. We don't like, you know, we're quiet. We, we were the quiet, nice boys writing down funny things in our journals. That was our youth. And it's so many of them have really kind of shown that like, Oh, well you're doing that for a reason. Like that's how you got close to these women. And then it turned out you were a bad guy. Yeah. This is like way more aggressive than what we're talking about, but well, not really on one of them, but there's a quote and it's like, when people say domestic violence is like, Oh, it, he just lost control. He lost control. It's like, no, because he has not lost control at work or with his friends or out at a family party. He's fully in, he's fully in control. You know, if it's reserved for in the home or with certain people, then you're not out of control. You're, you know, why, why aren't you hitting your coworkers then? Yeah. So it's kind of like that where you're, you're, and your friends were right. Like they're not going to show who they are. And for like when guys and us, like this guy probably put a front with us, but in terms of like, yeah, guys aren't going to commit crimes in front of their friends they're going to want you to think that they're great too. And so it, it's scary. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I appreciate your brand of comedy so much and how you are. Cause you're one of the, not one of the few, there's a lot of people, but you're probably the closest off stage to on stage. Um, yeah. That's why I love doing the shows with you at the gutter in Brooklyn, because I'm like, Oh, I get to follow Lisa. Lisa's so loose that if there's any tension in the room, it's going to be gone when her set's over. They're going to be so yeah. relaxed. I had so much fun. You fucking killed it. When is your album oh, coming you. out? We just finished the edit 
like the final edit and now i have like an idea for the end credits so we're trying to get that going and then we're going to try to pitch it around and hopefully there's some bites if not i'll put on youtube where the other ones did great too so i'm i'm very pumped it was either way. so fun and funny i had like such a great night and it was sweet that so many of the chicago guys came out too and it was like a real event it felt awesome i also love in terms of your marriage you know like you're you're stay-at-home dad you are taking care of the kids and i don't know like not that she lets you take these trips like that's like a weird way to say it but i love that you guys have independent or even tomorrow like you're like nicole's gonna go see wicked like there i love that you guys have independence within the relationship like and it's not i don't know maybe that was like a big fight but it seems like she's supportive of your new york trips or saint patrick's day like it just seems like good seems like you guys are doing good no yeah we're doing great i think the big thing is because you're not the only one a lot of people are surprised about that i've had so many people tell me you know a lot of comedians you know you were in la for a while you lived there and then you moved back to chicago you have kids you know we kind of thought you'd start to fade away a little bit from things you know because there are some comedians who have a family and then they just you don't see them do stand-up anymore and i think those were comedians who were looking for an out and they use their kids as their way to be like, well, I can't do that anymore because I have a family. Now, if you're doing that as a, hey, I have to work because I have bills to pay and stand-up comedy's not doing that. I have a ton of respect for anyone who puts their family ahead of like their aspirations. But I've noticed a lot of people would do the thing where it's like, well, I, I got to do this now. I'm like, well, then you were just looking for the out and you use the kids as the out. I didn't ever, it never crossed my mind that I was going to have kids and then that would go away. How could that go away? That's what I am. I am a comedian. That part of me, I'm going to do comedy till I die, you know? So what I've always been clear with and what Nicole's always been awesome about and both of us together is I'm just, I just tell, I don't spring shit on her at the last minute. Uh, we talk about this stuff in advance. It's not hard to do, uh, you know, I mean, it can be, I'm not trying to act like it's, you know, everyone's got different, you know, scenarios and all that, but I've just told her straight up. I'm like, Hey, you know, we're We could do this, but I, I also have this coming up or that coming up, or well, here's how we're best going to make it work. And we just kind of talk it out. It made most sense for me to be a stay at home dad during the day, comedian at night. She works as a nurse, uh, recently changed her schedule because She's worked three days on and four days, you know, like 12 hour shifts. And now she's home for every day for dinner because that made more sense to help get the kids to bed earlier because they're both going to school now. So they need to be up in the morning. And I, I think a lot of couples, they just, I think, I mean, a lot of people who are just like, I was afraid they would be not happy with what I had to say. I'm like, so you didn't say what you should have said because you were afraid they'd be unhappy. How do they feel now? Well, they're unhappy. Well, then fucking say what you needed to say. If the end result is unhappy, regardless, at least say the thing, you know, I don't know. That's just, that's my observation looking on the outside. Yeah, no, it seems like, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's, yeah. It's I mean, not we like fight a, about shit. No couples are perfect. Yeah. But it oh, seems like there's lack stuff. of resentment and there is appreciation with both of you to each other. Yeah. Well, we don't Even fight. if it's not 24 seven all the time, but like, it does seem like you guys want, like are thoughtful for each other. It's not like, oh, fuck, fine. And you go to New York and then I get to, oh, if you, do, you know, it's like, yeah, I want you to be happy and I want you to go do this and you should do that. And you should, yeah, it seems like you want to do nice, good things for each other. Yeah. I was trying to get her to go to like, Orlando. Like you're going to get donuts. Like, I love that. I love it. You're like, yeah. I got I'm going to get donuts for her this morning. Like it's, it's thoughtfulness. And I've learned through my age, like how much I appreciate that because I love my brother-in-law 
And such a big part of it, I realize, is like the thoughtfulness, you know, before you even know that that's what you want. He's like, I thought about this and I thought you would like this treat today. You know, like I, I, I think that's a quality I didn't really realize how much I liked. It's a good quality. Uh, I, I always say yeah, being considerate is like one of the best things ever. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I remember I've come home from shows, you know, at like one in the morning and it's snowing at the time. And I know she's leaving at 5 a.m. So I'll shovel that way. She's not slipping on ice when she leaves in the morning. That's just, I don't think of that as like, what a swell guy. I just think like, I don't know. You just fucking do that. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, we, I, I do want the listeners to, it's not, you know, we fight about shit though. It's usually, oh, no. that's why I keep saying, I'm like, there. nothing is perfect. And you yeah, might no. even go weeks in a fight or yeah. you might go like days not speaking. Like if you're going to be together forever, there's going to be hard moments for sure. Yes. 100%. But definitely. But overall, I, just, I think you guys like each other. Yeah. Yeah. I like her more than she likes me. I feel like sometimes, <laughs> uh, um, but you know, I was trying to push her to take this trip to Orlando. There was some nurses conference where her hospital would have like uh, reimbursed the whole trip or whatever. And I'm like, do it, go. And then she's like, Oh, but are you going to be okay? I'm like, yeah, you're okay without, you know, I could do it. I have to put, I, I do most of the shit during the week anyway, you know? And then the only reason she didn't was because it was around her birthday. And then there was some other stuff coming up and, she originally thought it was going to be like a four-day trip, but it turned to be a six-day trip. And she just didn't want to be away from our kids for six days. It wasn't like, because I was, I told her to go for it, but then she's like, I don't want to miss them for six days, which I get that. There are times where, you know, even that last New York trip, I was there for four days. And a lot of the other people that came from Chicago to New York were there for like six. And I go, I don't want to be gone that long. I want to get back to them. But then, I, you know, yeah. but then it makes it more fun when you get back there. I feel like you enjoyed the trip. To, you yeah, know. and you always wanted to have kids. No, not always. Oh, really? I, I didn't want them through my early late teens through early 20s. I didn't. And then I just kind of shifted. I think when um, my cousins, uh, my older cousins had a couple kids, you know, he, my, two of my cousins were first to have kids. And then I don't know what switch. I just, I don't know. I thought about like how much my parents love me and stuff. And then I thought like, and then I just started seeing myself as a dad. And I just started like seeing that. Nicole always wanted kids. You could ask her when we, you know, in the beginning of our relationship, I would tell her all the time I'm not having kids, you know? Um, How did she stay with you? Cause that's like a deal breaker for a lot of people. Well, we were so young, you know, I think she mm -hmm. just probably thought like, Oh, that'll change, you know? So, <laughs> and it did, and it did. And it's great. And now, now I'm the dad who has to try not to buy them toys. Every time I go to a store, um, like even when I go to CVS, I walk down the toy aisle. Every time I'm at any store that has a toy aisle, I'm going to walk down the toy aisle and think, Ooh, Matthew would love that one. Dylan would go nuts for this. And then I have to tell myself, no, you can't be giving them toys all the time. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I definitely love being a dad. It's hard sometimes though, too. My three-year-old, the terrible twos is bullshit. Both of them were complete dicks when they were three for stretches. And then they became, well, Dylan's still three and he's becoming good again, but cause he's getting closer to four, maybe, I don't know. But there were some times where I'm just like, what is it about being three that just makes you an ass all of a sudden? I think they learn how to say no for the first time and understand that they could, you know, what are you going to teach your kids about conflicts? Like what's going to happen if they get into fights or get bullied or all of that stuff? Like, I'm sure you think about it. I have thought about that a little bit because they fight with, they started to fight with each other a little bit. Um, nothing too aggressive because they, thankfully I'm very lucky here. They get along great for the most part. They get along really good. Um, 
like he on Tuesday they were off the public schools in Chicago were all off for election day. So I'm like, oh great. And I was trying to be like, sleep in. We don't have to wake up early tomorrow. Please sleep in. And I don't know what time they woke up. I remember Nicole texting me, what time did they wake up? I'm like, I don't know, because they both woke up and started playing with each other. They didn't need me. Because usually they're my alarm on a Saturday and Sunday, because I don't set an alarm for a Saturday or Sunday. They're my alarm because they'll be like, Dad, can you open this as they're getting some snack that they probably shouldn't have at seven in the morning? Open this Reese's peanut butter cup or something. And I'm like, oh, dude. And that's how I wake up. But they didn't bother me for anything like that. And I could see them in Dylan's room. We still have like a video monitor. And I can see them in there playing with like some, you know, Legos or something like that. And I'm like, oh, sweet. They're getting along great. I'm going to go back to sleep then, you know. Um, but I thought about the conflict thing. Number one, don't, you know, avoid it if you can. That's a big one. Stick up for people who can't stick up for themselves. If you have a friend that you feel like needs protecting, then yes, you have the green light to protect to an extent. But I'm going to try to teach them to avoid it as much as possible. I actually would like to get them some sort of martial arts class. I don't know if I mean, Matthew's five going at six, so maybe he's closer to age. Dylan's too young uh, to understand that. I just, I didn't grow up in any kind of self-defense class or anything like that, but I think they do teach a discipline there, which I think is pretty awesome. So I'd kind of like to get them a little more well-rounded than, you know. Well, yeah, because there's uh, two comedy clubs in New York I frequent, and one has, like, um, the door guys are big black dudes, and they de-escalate always. Good. And then the other club has former police officers. Mm. And almost every time I'm there, someone gets punched. Like, there's a physical altercation and the cops are called. Like, always. And I'm not saying those people weren't causing chaos in the showroom. But it is interesting to see someone excited to fight versus... I got to deescalate what's happening so I don't have to fight. And um, I talked about it with the club with the big dudes. And he goes, yeah, I would never hire a former cop ever again. They, they want to fight here. And I don't want that. Were the guys who deescalated, did they have some sort of martial arts background? They're just big, big black dudes. I don't know. Well, I mean, but there's a lot of big, big <laughs> black dudes be. who are trained fighters. Well, Remember at Timothy like Tools, Those guys were all trained fighters. I did not know that. I know Sean. Um, well, and... The guy uh, you referred we, to as the, the hot black guy, Duran. He always yeah. referred to him as the hot black guy. Guy was like six yes. five. Although I don't think he's got the long. His, I don't think his hair is as long as it was. But he would train in MMA. He's actually doing oh, really wow. well in LA. He's an actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff lately. Wow. I'll send you some of his stuff. His IMDb. That's is amazing. But yeah, because he was just the bartender. But he was a dude that really trained in like UFC MMA stuff, and he was trained by the one door guy. So they actually. That's why they. That's why I was wondering because you made me think to myself, maybe we should require police officers to take some kind of martial arts because I think in martial arts their whole thing is discipline. They always teach you not to use it to attack people. It's not meant to be used. Your hands aren't going to become weapons. We teach this is a self defense. That's what this is taught for, not for you to go around beating the crap out of people. So I almost wonder if they all had to require to take classes like that. Maybe we'd have better situations. Yeah, you just solved a big problem, Lisa. Well, also, I loved it. Timothy O'Toole's one of the bartenders for the show was um, the model for romance covers of books, romance novels. And I fucking loved that. (laughs) Like it was what a fun uh, moment in time. Also, I was wondering about fights like, do you work out? How do you know you're strong enough? Like, I don't think I think I have the heart and the gumption. Like if I had to get involved, I would. I would play dirty. I think I'd have to bite and like scratch. Like, I don't know what I would do, but how do you have the strength? Like, I'm scared that I won't make any impact. Like, how do you fight? How do you know you're strong? 
I worked out a lot in high school because I played sports, you know, I, I did, I was on the football team for a little while and then baseball, even though that's not really intense workouts, but in high school, I was in really, really good shape. We actually had a thing where we did like body fat. This is very braggy, but I was, I was the, uh, the least on the team. I was at like, I was like 4.3% when I was like 17. Um, but I think with the fighting, I'm, I don't even think I'm a technically sound fighter. I'm just not afraid to hit somebody, which is big. And um, so I'm strong enough. You know, I'm, I'm 6'1", 190 now. But when I was getting into a lot of fights, I was probably like 180, uh, athletic enough. And I've got a good, I have a good chin, as they say in the boxing world. Because I remember one fight, the fight where I lost my wedding ring. Um, I was five months into my marriage, everybody, and, and got into a brawl during the polar vortex in Chicago in 2014 with two feet of snow on the ground at three in the morning. I remember when that fight happened, the guy who I eventually, I eventually won against him, he got a lot of really good shots in. And I was holding on to his like collar, like his hood. And I was just, I remember as I was getting punched repeatedly, my brain was like, I just got to get onto his other collar. And then I grabbed it and then I'm like, oh, it's on now. And then I was able to have control over him and then I, and then I won. He a lot of you ever see blood on fresh snow? It kind of looks Beautiful. cool. I was able to give him some <laughs> shots that made his uh, nose kind of blow up a little bit. But um, that one I kind of escalated. That was a dick in that one. Now that I think about it, we could have got an Uber and drove away. But I was like, I want to wait to see if they come out. Even though he started the shit talking inside the bar, doesn't matter. But I remember um, thinking to myself, and a couple of my friends have said this in the past. They're like, you could take a punch. Cause I don't think my technique's that good, but I could take a lot of punches. And then while I'm getting punched, I think to myself, what do I have to do to win this? So you asked earlier about fighting tips. Most people, it depends the scenario. If you feel like it's a one-on-one -on -one thing, uh, I think the key is to get the other person on the ground as quickly as possible. Uh, so if you could figure out, learn throws, learn different ways to, if you grab the person, you put your hip or you put your foot in front of them and push them, you could trip them to the ground and then they're on the ground. So then you have the control to be like, stay on the ground, stop. I don't want to fight you. You could, there's a lot of options there. I think keeping your options open is big. If they start to get up and they look like they're getting up, like what the fuck? And they're going to come right back at you, kick them in the face or, or not even like do that kind of like aggressive. I mean, I don't want people, I don't want like aggravated assault charges going towards anyone here, but you want to do it where you can almost do it like that. You, you kick them back down. You could do that like to someone's shoulder or chest to just kind of like control them. Uh, that's why I think getting, that's the biggest thing. Uh, some, some situations you could get like, on, like mount them, but I don't like doing that. Cause again, if it's a bar setting or there's a crowd, you don't know who has their back. And now you're in a position of vulnerability because you got to their, you got low to them. Now, if this is someone who's just out of control and it's clear they're out of control. As soon as you get them to the ground, no one's going to fall you for it. Give them hard kicks. Cause then they'll eventually stop, you know, um, and then or just be adults and don't get into fights either uh the best self-defense i came across a video of this guy who's a real badass i forget his name navy seal and they asked him and he was on a podcast that i'd seen clips for and i think the guys are kind of douchey but he didn't give them the answer they were looking for they were like well, what do you do he was the number one thing i do in a physical altercation is i, I leave i just walk away and they're like what you're trained in like 100 million combat things he goes i leave and if i feel like they're gonna follow me i'll run away and they're like, you run away? You, they're looking at him like, you're the toughest guy in the world. Why would you run from someone? He goes, because there's no good in me fighting them. I'm going to win. I know I'm going to win. What's the point of fight? What's the point? I will, I will literally sprint away from them if I feel like they're going to keep coming at me. And I remember being like, yeah, that's, that's the mindset people 
need to have if you obviously if you can't avoid it or whatever and they're attacking you then you have to learn well, it's also stuff. sexy like knowing you don't actually have to prove anything to anyone because you just know it like that's caught that's hot it's pretty boss yeah yeah it is <laughs> and you don't want the con air charges you know what i mean you don't want to go to prison for knocking someone out and murdering them because you do get escalated charges yeah. i'm shocked mike tyson didn't get um more in trouble for beating that dude on that flight i think it's because everyone knew he deserved it but if you are professionally trained in fighting you're like you're considered a weapon you get more true. charges on you that is true there was so a great that video seal doesn't need that in his life there was a video of an mma fighter who just held a guy down at some vegas restaurant i think the guy was just completely out of control and he was really just holding him down and that got that guy even more crazy because it's like I'm a grown man and this dude is just like has me pinned. I can't move. And he didn't strike him once. Once He didn't do anything like that. And I wish more people thought that way, though. How do I de-escalate? How do I get out of this situation? You know, I say that as we told three or four stories of me throwing people. Um, yeah, it's Wait. dumb. You get older and you realize it's not the way to go. What do you do when a woman wants to fight you? I leave. I've been very fortunate. I never had that. The only time that's ever come close to happening, you mentioned his name earlier. And I'm sure he doesn't care. Marty DeRosa had a thing. He was at, uh, do you remember Ace Bar in Fullerton? Of course. Uh, I was somewhere earlier. I'm just like, where are you, Marty? And he's like drinking alone. And I'm like, oh shit. So, <laughs> so I went to go keep him company, you know? And I show up and it was around Christmas time. And it must've been a Christmas party. Cause there was a lot of people dressed up in suits and, you know, people dialed up a little bit. And I go, and right when I walk in, Marty, this guy is kind of bigger. He was he probably at 30, 40 pounds on me and about my height. And it was a woman in between Marty and him. And Marty's like, yeah, keep calling women that. That's real cool. Keep calling women that. And then I was like, what do you say? Uh, I could say the word, right? Cunt. He called mm -hmm. the woman a cunt. But then it turned out it was his girlfriend. Uh, and Marty just was sitting by the bar and overheard it and just started yelling at him. And then she was on Marty's side until I got in between. Because when I showed up, I was like, all right, let's just let's calm down. Let's back it up. Uh, and I told the guy, I'm like, back up a little bit. I want to find out. I'm just fine. I just got here. I want to see what's going on. I'm like, what happened, Marty? He, he filled me in on everything. And the guy kept kind of pushing up on my back to get more in Marty's face. And I was like, dude, just back up. I'm, we're going to solve this. Let's calm down. He kept getting right on me. And then eventually I did, I did what I told you, the listeners do. I grabbed him by the shirt, put my foot behind his feet, and then shoved him so that he went right down. And then I was like, I looked over at Marty, and the woman slap marty and then tried to slap me and then i basically said marty let's go and because i didn't know he had to have co-workers there and i jokingly told people i'm like i escorted marty out of there like i was secret service and he was the president <laughs> i kept like arms this way i like shielded him and she slapped me a few times on the side of the head on my way out but i, I didn't do anything again yeah i don't i don't believe i look yeah obviously there's always gonna be some douchebag guy that's like well it's fucking equality and blah 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 you know if, if some woman's punching me in the head to the point where I'm like, this is really hurting, maybe I'll give her like a good push away, but I'm not going to strike. I just can't. I don't, I wasn't raised yeah. that way. I don't have that in me to do that. I don't, I don't like, uh, I think it's because I was bullied too. I don't like anyone using their power to hurt someone that they can. Um, like I couldn't get into a fight with a guy that I felt like, oh, this wouldn't be fair. I, I just couldn't do that. I, um, I can't think of any situation where I was like, I have this person outmatched so much that it's, you know, it's just bad all around. You know, that's a bad look. Um, are there any people that you're like, you know what? They deserve a good punch. Um, politically, Ted Cruz. I saw him recently on something, and I don't 
more than like Trump or someone, I want to, I'd like to punch him because I just feel like he doesn't, he's not aware of how slimy he is. I mean, Trump called his wife fat and ugly. He said his father killed Kennedy. He talked all this shit and you still kissed his ass. That's someone I kind of want to punch. Um, as far as any other celebrity, I can't really think of any other celebrities off the top of my head where I'm like, I really, really want to punch that guy. Um, Hmm, this is a good question, Lisa. I'll do politically. I'll do that wild woman, Lauren Bohart. What's her name? The blonde one, Marjorie Green Marjorie Taylor. Marjorie Taylor Green, and the other one is Laura, Laura Bober or Laura Bober or something. I think I hate the blonde one more. I think I would punch the blonde one. I do too, because she is so ignorant. It's crazy. You know, she's always posting something where I'm just like, you are the worst fucking person. Um, and it doesn't dawn on her at all. So that's someone you'd want to punch in hopes to knock some sense into him, literally, you know? Yeah, I would want to grab her blonde hair and do it and throw her. Instead of the shoulders, I'd throw her like that over my foot. Triple. Yeah. I'm trying to think I of any hope, actors. I've never been in a fight. I'm, never I'm glad. Any athletes? I'm shocked there's no athletes. Oh, Grayson Allen on the Milwaukee Bucks. He's a piece of shit. Um, he's just one of those dudes where you know immediately what type of kid he was when he was a kid. There are some professional athletes where you're like, oh, I know who you were. You were the kid that showed up to practice going, guess what my mom got me for my birthday? I bet it's better than what your mom got you for your birthday. Like, you just know he was that fucking guy. Can't stand him. Um, Did you watch Pen15? No, I've heard it's good, though. I think you'd like it. I it's from a, a young girl's perspective, but I think you'd like it. I love shows from young girls' perspectives. Uh, yeah, Barry, I think you would Barry love girls it. Girls is fantastic. Oh yeah, I think you would love Pen Fifteen, and it's so much of the. I think you would really um, be into it. I just watched a teen movie on Netflix called Do Revenge. Mm. It just came out like a couple months ago. Uh, it was it was it had its moments, but then it reminded me that like I got depressed watching it because I realized I'm as far away from senior year of high school now than I was at birth. You know, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. No, I was saying old. something. I had some friends that I know from high school came to the show yesterday, and some comics were hanging out. Whatever, just a nice little hang. And I said something like, you know, because of you, I learned about Jimmy John's. Like it's because I. And this other girl goes, "You just learned about Jimmy John's?" I go, "Actually, it was 17 years ago." But. It was 17 years ago. She's like, oh, I thought just now. And I was like, yeah. And then we were all shocked that it was like 17 years, years ago. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I can't even watching teen movies that we grew up with. I kind of revisited a lot of movies. Do you do that during the pandemic? Watch movies, each movies you'd like 20 years ago. I, I watch movies I've seen over and over and on Delta flights. I do it all the time. So I've seen 10 things I hate about you like 45 times. Yeah, I don't know. I can't watch them anymore. Something shifted in me that just makes me realize, oh man, time is time sucks. <laughs> like it's no, they make me happy. Mean girl, all of, all of that makes me happy. I don't. Know I why. enjoy them until the end. It's the ending that makes me sad because then I start to think like, oh, I remember being this age and thinking, I don't know. That's like the I still have weird depression over that. I feel like that's what gets me the saddest when you think about like, oh, this is gonna end one day. That sucks. <laughs> not to not to bring everyone down, but you are gonna die. Everyone listening, you will die. Joe's dealt with some passings this year. I've dealt with some passings this last week, and yeah, my dad died seven, eight months ago now. So I've gotten even more so about that. But I've also feel like I've gotten some strength from it too. Um, you get some strength from grief in a weird way, uh, where I just well, and you started going to therapy. Yeah, I've been going to therapy. I started therapy before that. 
but therapy okay. has helped in a lot of ways. I've been doing therapy for about a year. It'll be two years in February now. And that definitely, it just, it's so much perspective and not realizing like what we said before, when someone says to you, like, you know, it's amazing. I have a wife and kids, but this is all you have. Like that's someone coming from, they're coming from a bad place. But if you're truly happy and you know what's important and all that, and that's the thing about death, it will make you realize like what's important and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm driving my dad's minivan now and the one sliding door recently is not, it doesn't slide open. And I remember someone said, why don't you go to the Honda dealership and get them to fix that? And I go, I don't have time. If I have an abundance of time one day, I'll do that. For now, there's three doors that all work great. And I have no problem telling my son, hey, walk across there and then I'll lean over and buckle you. Not a big deal. It doesn't bother me because I realize time is the most valuable currency. I don't have time to spend two fucking hours at some Honda dealership for something that's not that big of a problem. I would rather enjoy my life a little bit more with my family and friends and all that than take, maybe this is a weird example, but I really do think it's the little things people get bogged down with that just ruin our mindset towards the things that matter the most. You know, that's why I, I think to myself, like with Chicago, I look at our public transportation, how shitty it is. And I think, think about all these people. If they had better commutes home from work, if our public transportation was better and more convenient, they'd be happier. And we, and that has a trickle effect. That's like the real tr trickle down econ economics doesn't work, but a real trickle effect is like, if your life gets a little bit more convenient and you have more time for the things that matter, you're not as likely to lose your shit on people, which just causes more misery, you know? That was beautiful. I think we was can. It? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Uh, nothing I have to say will be better than that. I was going to be like, what are your favorite sports fights? Um, that like historic, but you, that was so beautiful, Joe. Well, thank you. And very I much. always say it. It's all about time. People chase um, money, but it's like if you're working 80, 90 hours, what's the point? A week. Like, I don't get it. Exactly. Someone had a post the other day. I think it was uh, on Instagram. Like they shared a thing where it was. You could get a hundred grand, you can make a hundred grand a month, but you have to work 12 hours a day, or you could get 10 grand a month and don't have to work at all. And I'm like, you take the 10 grand a month. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you I would love that. That's still a yeah, lot of money. It's still a lot of money. <laughs> and you get to do whatever the hell you want. 10 grand a month is, is still enough money to do most of the fun shit in this world. You know, you might not be able to charter a private jet, but who fucking cares? You can still have a great time. And the hundred grand, you're working 12 hours a day. That's like four, five days a week. I think it said that's an insane amount of time. And that's what people don't realize. Like, what are you going to, you know what I mean? Like when you're dead, you can't take this shit with you. We had to go through my dad's stuff. My dad's considerably bigger than both of his sons. What do you think happened to most of his clothes, Lisa? We donated them away. You know, like there's just a lot of things where you really, you know, you die and your shit's gone. So you fill your life with fond memories and bring joy to people. And I think that's, that's how I'm trying to live now. It's like, I just want to be, I think that's why I've been having such great sets on stage. Not to get cocky. I can't really remember the last time I felt like I had a bad, bad set. You know, I might, a new joke might not work or whatever, but I feel like I'm just in so much more control these last six months. And it's sad that it, it took my father's death for me to think a way that I probably should have been thinking the last my whole life, you know? Yeah, but you have been living that way. It might not have been conscious, but you sure. have been. You've enjoyed Hopefully. you've enjoyed your life. 
I have enjoyed my life, but you know, sometimes you get like, I listened to the episode with you and Will Miles for a little bit. And you guys both talked about like, yeah, things are great. But every now and then I'll be like, oh, they got a thing. And I go, yeah, a lot of people will do that. And I would get bogged down with that kind of stuff. And then you have to take yeah. a, you have to have a reality check for yourself. And then you'd be like, wait, I love everything I'm doing. It doesn't, that stuff that doesn't happened to matter. me this week because this, the past couple of weeks and a few weeks going forward, it's like everything I've wanted. Like I'm so busy careers. Go, like I'm just like doing the stuff that I've wanted to do. Like it's so cool, but I kept getting bogged down by the me being tired and not having the time and, and like, the diarrhea. yeah. And so I wasn't enjoying these huge moments because I was too in my head about like, okay, my flights at this time, I got to get here. I got to do this. I got to do that. And Instagram's mostly evil, but I saw one quote that was like, instead of burdens, see the blessings. And I was like, yeah, girl, you're being annoying. You would hate, like you're becoming someone you hate instead of saying everything's awesome. I'm saying I'm tired. And it's like, that's gross. And then I had this beautiful moment where I saw the skyline in New York and Kelly Clarkson started to play. And, and I was just like, bitch like this is what you have wanted like you gotta just flip your attitude right now and I'm usually really good about that but I have been overwhelmed a little bit and I lost it for a second and I hope I don't like I didn't like it I was do annoying want, do you want to hear an Instagram quote I saw the other day that I really like yeah when you take care of yourself everyone benefits yeah. I like that one because it's basically like take care of your mental health and all that and then you're in a good mood and everyone around you is going to be in a good mood right spreads one hundo you're so cheery i i don't think i'll see you this trip huh uh no i want to try to come meet up with you guys monday i know you guys sold it out but if i could stand in the back or something i could try oh, yeah, to yeah. okay so we'll see you monday walk in. yeah i'll see you monday yes. i want to see that i want to check out uh the show or at least hang out with you guys for a little bit after but even like a couple days ago while i was like in new york i got wraps everything am i i had one show but it ended or did i yeah but I went and met up with friends instead of going to bed. <laughs> I was like, I'll sleep later. I don't know. I was just like, do I meet my friend who I haven't seen and haven't really caught up with? Or do I go to my hotel and pack and be responsible and sleep? And I guess I could feel bad about the decision to go hang out with my friends, but I don't. I would rather feel bad about not packing and getting enough sleep than feel bad about not having a good night with friends. But there is a balance to that, though. Because like I said, when you take care of yourself, everyone else benefits. If you're in a shitty mental place because you're not taking care of yourself, you go visit that friend and you're kind of like being an asshole, which we all do sometimes. Then they're thinking, fuck, I'm not going to hit them up next time I'm in town. They're kind of shitty, right? You know, so there's, uh, you got to find the balance. You got to know there's certain days where you're like, all right, I'm not going to be able to go out that night. I got to get some sleep or else the rest of my week's going to be hellish. So yeah, you got to find the balance. What the fuck am I becoming, by the way? Am I becoming someone who gives motivational speeches? I don't know what the hell I'm saying over here. Don't listen to me, everybody. No, it's good. My socks don't match I, right now. <laughs> yeah, but that's old. That's like bridesmaids dresses matching. It doesn't matter anymore. I, I don't agree. match socks. Just put the fucking socks on. Who really it gives just, a shit? <laughs> Would that be a deal breaker if you hooked up with someone that didn't have matching socks on? No, because I don't have matching socks. So well, like, there you go. See? I would be upset but no the details like I said the one of my friends um was annoyed that her daughter was drawing on the counter mm -hmm. but then was telling me that they're ultra washable markers and they just come off with like a rag with no water so then I was like then what's the problem yeah why By the way, those are those are bullshit because we got some marks on our table and I thought <laughs> and I bought I bought they, they actually say in the box ultra washable which is why I bought them they were 50 cents more than the regular ones. And I can't get the fucking marker off on the one side. Oh, so whatever. it wasn't a shit. 
Well, but but then in the same regard, why did she tell you they were ultra washable, or did you not, or did you just see that in the box? No, she said it because I, I, you know, it was like, it was like complaining about the counter while also cleaning the counter. So I was just like, there's no problem here, babe. Yeah. My, my stepmom recently said some really good stuff because, you know, she's been getting a lot of work done at the house, which, you know, she's living alone. She could, you know, she's all these things she always wanted to do, but my dad probably didn't have the patience to be like, where are we going to live for two weeks if they do that? You know, that kind of thing. And I'm happy she's doing that. It's great. The house looks awesome. But she mentioned, she's like, yeah, we didn't do anything forever. You know, we had a family and we had kids who were going to scratch walls and do all this kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, yeah, why do I, because there are sometimes that me and Nicole will both, and we have to check ourselves on that where it's like, we think, oh, we got to get that fixed. Or, oh no, that got scratched. Sometimes we have to be like, who fucking cares? I remember going to my friend's houses growing up and it didn't look perfect. We didn't give a shit. We just, you know, so then I have to t- try to just remind myself a little bit. Like we have kids, a crazy dog, who you know, love her to death, but look, stuff's going to get dinged up. And so what? Let them enjoy and none that. None of it matters. My sister markers. had this moment because my mom, while me, my sister and dad would go out every weekend, my mom would clean and cook. And my sister said, when I have kids, I will not. I will never prioritize cooking and cleaning ever. I want to spend time with them. I want to hang out. I want to be present. I don't care if my house is a mess. And I think some of them, she gets self-conscious about it, but it's like, yeah, your kids love spending time with you. You're hanging out. They're bringing friends over. You host all the dinners and Thanksgivings. Like that's what it's about. It's not about if something's up to date or if it's tidy, who gives a shit? Exactly. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I have to remind myself and Nicole that all the time. I'm just like, look, this is our house. We're not going to be in trouble if we don't make our bed. This is right. Yeah. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Yeah, eat the Reese's in the morning. Oh, Joe, tell everyone where they can find the special, your podcast, everything that you have. And you have multiple, like, tell everyone everything. Yeah, I'm basically my name on everything. Joe Kilgallen. YouTube is really where it's at. I've got like three hours of stand-up comedy content on YouTube. Uh, it's youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. Also, I'm pretty active on TikTok. That's the one I didn't get my name. Some dope in Ireland took it. It's uh, Joe Kilgallen Comedy on you, on uh, TikTok. But basically, just type my name in anything and you'll find all my stuff. Okay, that ended so sweet. That ended so sweet. Like... <sighs> what a magical angel of a person. And it's just like, so, you know, it sucks. I, I hope I can prolong knowing what he's feeling with the loss of his father as long as long as I can, of course. And, um, just watching him through this time has been, you know, hard, but you know, I, I don't know the right adjective to wear, use because it's disrespectful because it's like a, none of it, none of his growth is worth it. You know, like I'd rather him be a dumb bitch um, and still have his father. But it's um, nice to see the him be able to find the positive and be able to learn these lessons sooner than later. So I really appreciate him being open about that and just sharing fun stories. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much. And next week we have a special surprise of an episode. Solo ep. 
and I'm going to answer all your fucking voicemails and emails. So, and if you want your voicemail to be looked at next week, 323-677-1943. That's 323-677-1943. Next week will be a big voicemail bonanza. Enemies is a headgum podcast. Anya Konevskaya is our supervising producer. Ali Kahan is our associate producer. Rochelle Chen is our engineer, editor, and producer. And me, Lisa Traeger. I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You are incredible. Jack Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram at Glitter Cheese and at Enemies Podcast. Rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com. But really, I'd love to hear your beautiful voices. So email us a voice memo or call in and leave a message at 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.